They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the Mic. The Everest edition of Moody on the Mic. I'm Roger Aldridge and joining me, Peter Moody from Belgrave South and Anthony Myth. And looking more like Sebastian off the Little Mermaid up there at Noosa. A bit of sun for, for Mytho. Thankfully, he's put a shirt on before we started recording. And Moods, I'm going to set the tone straight away. I know it's a big weekend for you and I don't want to give you a big head going in, but I'm down at my mum and dad's house at the moment. I was sitting out with my mum before and I had these old photos of you that I'm using for a Channel 10 feature. And I said, who do you reckon that is? And you know who my mum thought it was? Patrick Swayze. Uh, Young uh, Peter Moody. Oh, she thought it was Patrick Swayze. I always knew mum was a good judge and uh, I just loved my co-host. Here I am up in Batless Corner at Belgrave South, sitting in the hills. You're both there swanning with... Uh, Coastal views over your shoulders. It's just beautiful. Uh, it, it, it shows you views. what it meant. I'm in, I'm in Frankston at my parents' house. Can I see the bay over your shoulder? No. Oh, it looks spring. very much very much <laughs> like a bay behind the tree, I think, Rog. Very much behind the bay. So it just shows you. You know, I, I work in all circles, like the, the White Shear Brigade, like you two, and uh, and uh, then I'll be down at the stables this afternoon, mucking out a few boxes with the boys and... Uh, no, nah, it uh, just shows you what a man of the people I am. Yeah, such a man of the people that uh, you're going to put Frankie Dettori, you're going to sack the local jockeys and put Frankie Dettori on Spanish mission. We've read after his startling return to form in the Turnbull there, one in great style by Gold Trip. Um, you know, big headlines, Frankie's salvation to ride moods as horse, Spanish mission in the big one. Farewell tour for Frankie. Frankie and moods team up. Here they come. It's going to be great, Moods. Children, children. Well, as you would know, uh, being a part of the mainstream media media for a lot of the years, the shit yeah. that you do talk and the media does talk. So uh, no, I wouldn't be... No, no, it's Blake, hang on, hang on, hang on. I heard yesterday it was Blake Shin who was going to ride Spanish Mission. Exactly, well, yeah, exactly. Bray Sikulski came out and said he's mates with Frankie and Frankie's mm. not going to ride and he can ride Spanish Mission. I think that's... that. that well, that was the article I read anyway. Yeah, well, that's right. And as I, and uh, you believe half of what you see and none of what you hear or read, Anthony, particularly when it comes out of media oh. moguls like yourself. Oh, what, you're going to tell your owners what jockey to use now, are you? That'll yep. be a first. <laughs> Not. Uh, oh. uh, Anthony, can you please refrain from consuming alcohol on our show, please? <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of jockeys, Mark Zara uh, produced another great ride on a well, what looks to be a great horse doing Gold Trip on the weekend, winning the Turnbull Stakes. Romantic Warrior was all the chat going in, and Gold Trip pulled out one of the all-time great runs, so great that it, uh, even Kieran Ma was surprised by it. Zara's on without a fight in the Caulfield Cup, so you would think that would mean Gold Trip might just head to the Cox Plate instead. But Moods, it was no, no, a... no, 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 not at all. No, the, my mail on Sunday morning speaking to one of the part owners, although they don't seem to know anything. They don't even know what jockey's going to ride their horse in a Melbourne Cup. But, um, yeah, the, the text message exchange was, hey, he did it last year, gold trip, ran in them all. We're, we're thinking about doing it, uh, doing it all again. So that would, be, um, that would be quite extraordinary to see him line up in them all. But on Saturday's performance, why can't he win them all? He's got 58 kilos in the Melbourne Cup. He, w- he would be unlikely to get a penalty if he was to win either the Caulfield or Cox Plate, given that he's the he's the um, 
elected top weight anyway, Moods, wouldn't you say? So Well, he won't get a penalty no, if he wins the Cox no. Bay because it's weight for age, but he'd have to spank him in the Caulfield Cup to get a penalty there. Yeah. He, no, no, he wouldn't. He'd just have to beat them. He, he would deserve a penalty if he wins the Caulfield Cup. No. Uh, uh, no. No, no. Well, why not? Well, because he's just won 58 kilos. So, he's, only won, he's won three races in his career. So uh, yeah, you've he, got to factor in that he's, he's weighted up to probably a bit of blue sky anyway. So I would have thought... Oh, that, so, uh, the, so the handicap has stuffed it up, giving him 58 and a half, has he? So, so he then should invite him to run up if he happens to win a Caulfield Cup. You named the last Caulfield Cup winner that didn't receive a penalty to go into the Melbourne Cup. Uh, what did incentivise get? Two, was it two? Yeah, but, but he was two. he was right yeah, down yeah. the weights anyway because he was an emerging yeah. horse. Yeah? No, no, he wasn't. What was he? He was he was too high up the weights initially because we won the Craig Lee and they penalty for that. He, he'd uh, won uh, his highest rating win had been a listed race in Queensland or some bloody thing. Then he won a Group One race. Had his yeah, next but what I'm, what start. I'm but saying, anyhow, after he won the Caulfield Cup, he was still generous at the weights. Whereas Gold yeah. Trip at fifty eight or fifty eight and a half. He's no, gone. no, get your facts right. They all get penalised and he will get penalised also. And I would suggest to you the reason he was able to win a Melbourne Cup last year that he had no luck and had a canter around in a cock plate. It would be a massive task for a horse to win all three. Um, and and the penalty he would receive after winning a Caulfield Cup, would you'd think would probably nearly make it neon impossible. But that win on Saturday was absolutely phenomenal. But Unreal. don't kid yourself that the horse can go from the Caulfield, winning a Caulfield Cup to the Melbourne Cup without a penalty. I don't care if he's got 68 and a half. He'll get a penalty if he wins the Caulfield Cup. We might it's going to set up a magnificent storyline heading in, yeah, if, if he does run in all three. And also, I mean, Mark Dara's on without a fight in the Caulfield Cup. If, if Goldtrip does go to the Cox Plate, uh, Zara's could be the chance at winning the, the two Cups in the plate, which would be a phenomenal effort. I think Craig Williams came close, but then got suspended for the ride on Junidan back in... Uh, 2012, uh, and he obviously missed out. Uh, we digress a little bit. We better punch through. Uh, Rain Man isn't with us right now. We've texted him. We don't know where he is. We presume that um, he's probably tending to two children or running lab folks. It's going to be one of the two. Uh, Star Patrol was excellent on Saturday as well, Moods. And as we look toward, you know, the sprint, we're hoping, and we will get to this, listeners, because we know that's what you're here for. I wish I win in the Everest this weekend. We're hoping I wish I win does the job in the Everest territories. He's, uh, he's got a mortgage on the Manicato. But Star Patrol looks like another reasonable player in the sprinting ranks, if not quite at the level of uh, of the two I've mentioned already. Yeah, he was super in the down the straight once again. Star Patrol, he's created a, a, a bit of a niche for himself there. Um, but I would suggest, and without denigrating Star Patrol, his wins have been good. He, he's been... We've been talking about the quality of our sprinters. You've got I Wish I Wins and Imperatrice and Think About It and the likes. We haven't got your nature strips and yet Don Eduardo's, but I would suggest Star Patrol's then beating the level below them at this point. Um, like on Saturday, you've got the likes of Uncommon James and Asphora, who I would think are probably that peg um, above. Uh, and then the Everest probably sits just above them again. So, and Imperatrice isn't in any of them, and she probably sits above again. So uh, he's winning well. Uh, it will be a next big step up to a race like the Chairman Sprint, or, or I hear talk of even the, the international sprint in Hong Kong for that horse. 
With the Ladbrokes Cox Blake Carnival fast approaching and the most anticipated Ladbrokes Friday night light season yet, it's time to become a Mooney Valley Racing Club member. Unlock a world of benefits, including a free drink and race book at every race meeting, access to the members reserve, a new race for awards program and more. With prices starting from just $195, it's the best value racing membership in Australia. Get closer to the action. Become a Mooney Valley Racing Club member today. Join now at thevalley.com.au. We'll kick things off with the first group one of the program at Caulfield on Saturday and with Rainman currently absent from the record, I better step into the Ladbrokes role as was my job for quite some time. Uh, Alligator Blood is the $2.25 favourite. A fellow Waterhouse spot runner just fine is being four into four twenty into four dollars. Dewayus five fifty into fives, then it's double figure odds the rest. Lindeman fourteen dollars, seventeen dollars for non-conformist. He's a shocker at nineteen. Forgot you twenty six. And we won't worry about the rest of them. I might as well kick things off as well. Uh, Alligator Blood, obviously in excellent form and winners are winners. But I'm not sure he's sort of a $2 pop here. I, I think he's one of only three runners who can win. And they are the top three in the market, as I mentioned. But um, I think it's the outsider of those three into A's who is the pick for me, given the price discrepancy. Just fine. Not as probably dominant as we thought he'd be in the Metrop moods. This is more your will has in mind, but 2,000 to 2,400 back to 2,000. Can that mess with a horse? Or is that all, well, I, all right with that? It, well, it's a little surprise. I'm, I'm surprised Gay's doing it. I thought that horse would have gone straight for the Caulfield Cup. Maybe he's not in the Caulfield Cup uh, just fine. Is that right? Um, because uh, he's only run two weeks ago in the Metrop. Uh, I thought he would have gone Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, but maybe Gay doesn't consider him a 2,400-metre horse or even beyond. I don't know. So it'll be quite interesting. He definitely was supposed to be heading the Melbourne Cup, so you'd think he'd get 2,400. Anyway, back to 2,000 here. Juarez looked to be getting somewhere back near her best last start when third, a little over a length behind Alligator Blood in the Underwood. I think she's better suited at the 2,000 than he is. She's drawn the widest gate, 10-horse field, 2,000 metres, not too worried there, six bucks. I think she looks the value of those top three runners. So I've got Juarez on top, given the price. Um, but, you know, always fearful of the gator and always fearful of an informed Waterhouse plot stable. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this race. It'll be a beauty with Alligator Blood. Uh, he'll be in front at some stage uh, down that Caulfield straight. But um, I'm a bit with you, Rog. I can see Juarez just uh, hitting her straps late and getting over the top. Um, he's, you know, he, he is he a risk at the 2,000 metres? Probably, probably. So, but he's so tough, he could he could tough it out. But, um, you know, if you I, I love Juarez. She's by my favourite stallion, obviously, Seamus Award. So, um, for one of a tip and one of my 20 bucks, it'll be going on Juarez. Well, I'm sticking with the blood. I don't think he is a 2,000 metre horse, but I just thought quality might get him home here. Uh, I think he'll probably just sit on the back of Deny Knowledge, who probably leads... Uh, the bo- the bottom one there, uh, and uh, he'll be in front of his stable mate just fine. I think he'll be crying crying out to the line the last hundred metres with the likes of just fine and Dewayus attacking him. But I just thought he might, uh, uh, you know, beat them on the point of quality more so than the fact that he strength at a mile and a quarter. We did see him nine furlongs last time. That's probably his extremity. But uh, you know, I'm I'm with him. I th- I think he'll be control the tempo. Honour about, deny knowledge, and be out tough the other two. The group ones are going races 7, 9, 10 at Caulfield on Saturday because there's a nice bit of collaboration between the MRC and uh, and the Australian Turf Club. So we don't see that very often, but it's good, giving the Everest some breathing space. Anyway, the Caulfield Guineas race 9 
on the program at Caulfield. Militarised is the favourite for Chris Waller and Joe Marrera. The party, the Victorian, three dollars seventy. Militarised two ninety, I should say. King Colorado, eight dollars twelve for Sheelite V eight fifteen sixteen for Centrefire. Southport Tycoon at $19. Griffith, three uh, May Eustace runners in a row in the market there at $23 alongside Wolfie and then uh, bigger odds for the rest of them. Uh, look, I have been in the Stipati, you know, camp since day one. I've got to stick fat, although, my goodness, that win of militarised in the Golden Rose was superb. The ride from Marrera was something special. I think the experience of the track might just give the party the edge. Uh, getting out to 1600, we might also seem really let down and put a field away. We haven't seen that. It's going to be tough. The Guineas is such a, a high-pressure race, as we know. Uh, look, Little Rose, I think, is one who might appreciate getting out to the mile and looks overs at about $26. Um, I'm not going to leave him out of the quaddy. I've got Stepati just from Militarise and then Little Bros, Southport Tycoon, rounding out my first four. Uh, what what odds was militarised there, Rog? $2.90. He's giving it away, I reckon. Absolutely giving it away. He's one for one at the mile, albeit as a two-year-old, but um, he's bred to be this. He's bred to be um, the the Guineas winner um, of 2023, and that's what he'll be doing on the on Saturday. Um, by done deal, um, he's, he's won a group one, 1,600 metre race at two. Uh, he's run to finish first up, 1,200 metres, less than a length from the winner, and then go and win the Golden Rose. Um, 290 is very, very, very generous. Yeah, listen, I've got to agree with you there, Anthony. I think he's a rating special, uh, militarised. The only thing that could possibly bring him undone is the core field factor for both maybe horse and pilot. And, and that's putting uh, question marks against Chris Waller, one of our greatest ever trainers, and Joe Maria, one of our greatest ever jockeys, uh, to overcome that. So I'm, I'm not brave enough to do that. I think Stepati will fly the local flag very, very well. I think he'll be a fair way in front of Militarise in the run, and uh, he'll be very, very hard to beat. But uh, just the form lines of Militarise, I think, are far superior. Throw in a wild card, Wolfie. Blake Shin's been effusive in his praise of this horse uh, all the way through from the Nick Ryan stable, uh, albeit on different form lines and restricted form lines. He could be the up-and-comer in the race. But militarised is the quality, and uh, I think only sort of misfortune could see him getting beat in this race. Is the going the Victorian direction first time a concern? Not so much the core field, but just going the other way on the other leg? Yeah, well, it, it, listen, it all is. But listen, Chris Wallace's horses are very well versed. And Chris Wallace has been doing this for years, brings these uh, very good horses down here and just gets the job done. Uh, we've seen his horses uh, win uh, every feature race in Victoria doing that. So uh, he's obviously got a system well in place to educate these horses uh, to lead up on both legs. And to, I, I don't find it so much the direction because it, it's a horse's natural gait to go left-handed, to, to lead on their near foreleg. Um, so that's that's not a biggie for me, but the the dynamics at Caulfield are probably the the slightly bigger thing. And with Joe uh, riding here, I I don't know how much exposure Joe's had to uh, Caulfield itself. But when you begin from that mile start at Caulfield, you run straight uphill. Caulfield's more of a triangular track than anything, and uh, the dynamics at Caulfield have brought many a city Sydney sider undone. Not so much the direction of racing. So. Uh, He'll be back, come wide, 
he'll be giving Stapati a start, and I think Stapati's a damn good horse. But if he does get luck in running, I think he's the one to militarise, has got the quality and the form lines to be winning it. You make perfect sense there, Peter. Anyone think you're a trainer? Uh, race 10 on the program, the Turak Handicap. Now, this is a big field taking on Amelia's Jewel, so she's going to have some work to do to to, uh, to keep on winning uh, and really stamp herself as the best horse in the country. Uh, as we've the, world, the universe she was last the best, week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's true. The best horse in the universe, I think. It's more mm. mytho than me, but I love Amelia's Jewel. Uh, and she's I've, done my, form, I've done my form out of Pluto and uh, still not one better. There's still not one. Yeah, well, they run on. They only run on three legs in Pluto, so it's, it's always tough to work that one out. But um, Amelia's and Uranus, Uranus, is, Uranus is only a synthetic track. And yeah. and, and uh, yeah, and they they get very dirty at the back of the run at Uranus. Uh, Tom Hackett joins us now, the resident rain man, wearing his "I wish I win" cap. He's late to the the party, but he's wearing. The kit. So, Rayman, welcome to you. We've been punching through this edition of Moody on the Mic mainly because you're not here and it saves us a hell of a lot of time. Uh, how about you kick things off with giving us the market for the Turak Handicap? For Turak Handicap, the last race on the Caulfield card could be a key race for the future of the Spring Carnival as well. Amelia's Jewel is the favourite. $2.25. And Tino on the second line of betting at $6. They're the only other horses at single-figure odds. The inevitable uh, is there at $12. But uh, Emir's Jewel, the favourite. This Obviously, this race is uh, all about her at the, at the $2.25. It looks like potentially the Ladbrokes Cox Plate is on the card. She is the favourite to uh, to win the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. But I think she's beatable in this uh, Turak Handicap. There's two horses I want to back to knock off this uh Star Mare, which I assume the rest of you will be tipping. The first is the Queenslander Antino. Uh, he was his record is outstanding. Nine wins from eleven race starts. He was one of the stars of the Brisbane Winter Racing Carnival. He won the Ludbroke Sandown Stakes uh, in impressive fashion last start. Was unlucky uh, first up. Uh, James Oldman just had no luck in running, uh, trying to find a gap for him in the straight there. So he hasn't put a foot wrong basically his entire career, Antino. And I do think he is good enough to uh, to win this race at six dollars. The other horse I want to back at a price each way is Attrition. Uh, who was going really well until he failed to fire in the uh, Underwood Stakes there behind Alligator Blight. I think the drop back to handicap conditions, the drop back to 1,600 metres does suit. Because before that, he was really good in the fee and stakes where he was only narrowly denied by pinstripe. So at $21 to win, $5.50 the place, I think he's a good bet. I uh, am with Amelia Jewel, as you alluded to, Rayman, uh, well, I don't know where the other two are going to be with her, but uh, I, I certainly have. She's come on really nicely since that last run when she beat home prior to Jenny. Obviously, no world beater there at the Valley. Uh, look, apparently she was an absolute picture the other morning at, at Caulfield. I don't think she'll have any issue first time at the track. And speaking to Simon Miller yesterday, he's uh, he is going in confident, but confidence is not something that Simon Miller lacks. Uh, I'm with her. I hope she bolts in. I hope she heads to the Labrokes Cox Plate. That is where Simon wants to go. Uh, the owner doesn't need the money, but he wouldn't knock it back. But I have seen a report in the last hour uh, on punters.com, so Wednesday afternoon, and the charity, they've already nominated a charity for Amelia's Jewel for the Golden Eagle. So the indications, there's a, and a, apparently a suite has been booked as well at, uh, at the track. So the indications are she's more likely than not to go from this into the Golden Eagle. But hopefully she goes in, regardless of where she goes, hopefully she goes in in winning form. And uh, $2.25 for Amelia's Jewel, I'm with her. 
Well, yeah, it, it, it'll be very sad if it's the last time we see her in uh, Melbourne, but um, uh, she probably wins this. I'm, I'm trying to make a case for the old boy pounding to to uh, to stage an upset, but um, you're going against the universe's best horse. You just can't do it. So, Amelia's jewel. Late to the party, uh, Rain Man. Um, and Tino, drawn to 17, mate. I'm not sure if you saw the barrier draw. You've been, you know, rushed off your feet today and late to our podcast, um, late everywhere. Um, you 17? Not, not even a mention in your dispatches there that went on for four and a half minutes? Won't matter when he wins by three. Whoa! Look at him go in his oversized hat and glasses. Looks, looks just fantastic. He looks like, there, a, cartoon, he looks like a cartoon character. You can say it. He does. There, I'm trying to work out which one it is. But yeah. There is a reason I generally try to avoid wearing caps. They, they do not <laughs> suit. They certainly do not suit. No, uh, you do look. You do look like Dicky Knee. No, there's no worries about that. There, uh, <laughs> turn, uh, turn around, right, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, listen. If she is the world's best horse, she's obviously the one to beat Amelia's Jewel. I think uh, the two horses that had absolutely zero luck in the Epsom, uh, number two, the Inevitable, and number five, my boy Pounding, they had no joy at all in the Epsom. Uh, both absolutely luckless. Pounding saw more of the outside fence than the inside fence, and uh, the inevitable saw more of the inside fence than anything else. And uh, neither horse had any chance in that race, and I think that form line will be pretty strong into this. Pinstripes, another that I can think can run very well. So maybe a, maybe a first four uh, with Amelia's Jewel and, and rounding up Pounding, the inevitable, and Pinstripe uh, to try and put a bit of value into it. But... Uh, Listen, she needs to step up again, Amelia's Jewel. Um, prior to Jenny, who nearly knocked her off, she's in this race again. We saw life lessons win the group too. So the form's getting franked all the time, those two household names. Maybe prior to Jenny might step up uh, and be hard to beat. It's going to be run at a good gallop. Uh, there'll be no place to hide and it'll suit Amelia's Jewel swooping late. Okay, this is what you've all been waiting for, listeners. Uh, we are going to look now at the $20 million Everest over the 1200 at Brandwick. Before we get the market, Rain Man, we had a, a, a listener, a very loyal listener, Ben Appleby, um, who, who often tweets us, and he wanted to know, has Moods had a haircut and a shave? Because that it's, it's Moods' grooming, which is the greatest indication of how uh, how his horse is going to go in the big races. Moods, have you, have, you, have you or are you going to be seeing a barber or are you going to be doing it yourself in the next couple of days? I you had a look, number oh, one. To, look a little bit I, I did have I did have a number one today. Mm. How's that look? I did have well, I did have shave, a number. Save the yep. Number one all over. So it just depends if I get bored in the shower in the next couple of days to whether I take it all off. But no, uh, have, we're not talking nether. The punters, the punters would like to. The punters would like to see it, Moods. Like I'm. Mm. I'm saying you what? don't look moves as sharp in the as shower. The punters want to see well, moves in the shower. That. No, no one wants to see that. But the, I think the, the, the level of slickness that hair had, you look like you'd had the head in the, the bowl of shine um, ahead of the TJ Smith. I, I want to see it nice and shiny to give me that confidence. I, I want to, I'll be backing I wish I win anyway. But I think that last, little, that last little bit of confidence we need is you looking a million bucks at Randwick on Saturday. Well, you, you've, got three, you've got three days to find it out. Three days to find out. So... Uh... We'll see how we go, boys. Okay, Rainman, give us the market for the Everest because I did note before there might have been a little bit of a drift after the barrier draw on our uh, on uh, Moody on the Mike's very own. 
There has been. So we've got a new favourite for the Everest. It is Think About It, who has been favourite uh, in the lead-up, but now is the, the clear favourite. He's $4.40 now, Think About It. I wish i win with $3.50 before the barrier draw. Was out to four fifty post the barrier draw. This afternoon is now out to $5.50. Got out to $6.50, which is just silliness. Back into $5.50 now. So I wish Jeez, I'd, I wish I'd seen the six fifty. Uh, as, as do I, uh, Rog. Private Eye has been really well back since the barrier draw as well. He's now into $6 to clear third pick. Cylinder, $8.50. Overpass, got as short as $9, back out to 11 Good money for In Secret in the last 24 hours as well. She's been $18 into $11. Buenos Nachos has been a bit of a drifter, $11 out to $13. So it's been a really interesting market already. And it's going to be a very, very interesting market uh, in the lead up to the race. I still think that the, the market will come for I Wish I Win in the, the last 24 hours in the lead up to the race. And I do think it, I Wish I Win is the horse to beat. I think the the race is on I Wish I Win's racket. If he comes out and he's able to replicate that rating he he ran when he won the TJ Smith over 1,200 metres at Randwick uh, earlier this year, he will, he, he will win this race if he can replicate that run. Doing that is easier said than done. But I think uh, Moods has given him the right preparation. We know that the I Wish I Win has been a great grand final horse. He won the uh, the Golden Eagle last spring. He won the TJ Smith at the start of the autumn. Uh, we all know how, how good he is. I do think he is the best horse in the race uh, at his best. So he's clearly the, the horse to beat for mine. I'm terrified of Private Eye. I think Private Eye, we know how good a horse he is. He was very good in this race last year when he finished second behind Kick a Kick. His first run, first up in the shorts, was outstanding. He should only be better from that. I think he's a, a horse better suited to 1,200 metres than he is uh, 1,100 metres. So Private Eye absolutely terrifies me. And Overpass, I think, is the value in the race. We know there's not a huge – it's a twelve, uh, a $20 million sprint with uh, the best sprinters uh, in, the, in the land, but there's not a huge amount of uh, early speed. So I think Overpass – We'll be able to take up the running. Josh Parr will be able to control the race. And we could see a similar situation to what we did in the Quokka earlier this year when uh, the universe's best horse, Amelia's Jewel, was unable to, to run him down. He's going to give a really good sight over pass. I think he's a really good each-way bet. I think he should be in all year exotics. So they're the three for me. I wish I win Private Eye and Overpass. Uh, but I wish I win on top as the horse to beat. If I wish I win a drawn a marble, I'd be very, very confident. And whilst that confidence is a little bit dented, I still think, as you mentioned, Roman, he's got the class and uh, and he's trained uh, as some class as well occasionally. Uh, I just remember ahead of the TJ that Moods said something like, you know, how he didn't want a genuinely heavy track. Five or six would have been fine, but didn't want to see a heavy track. Well, it was a nine, a chopped up nine that day, and he blew them away over that Ramway 1200, albeit from a wide draw, which suits his running style better. But my point is that the really good, you know, maybe great horses, they can overcome that adversity. And I think he sits in that category. Um, overpassing that slowly run race. Yeah, Millia's Jewel couldn't run him down in the quokka, but I wish Joewin's got the turn of foot over that shorter distance that I think can run him down if it is a bit slowly running and he's got to, and he's got to run. So I'm obviously we're a bit biased here, but I'm with I wish I win as well. Agree with you, Roman. man. I think the two Joe Pry runners uh, scare me. Uh, think about it and private eye. I think in sequence in the mix as well. That's my first four, but I've got I wish I went on top. Obviously. No one wants to hear from me. I wish I win. The floor is yours, Peter Moody. What are you tipping, Anthony? I wish I win. Oh, oh right. Uh. Um, yeah, listen, no excuses. He's had an unbelievable preparation. He's built into this race really, really well. Uh, he'll travel up in the next day or two uh, to Sydney, which holds no fears because he's done it twice before successfully. Uh, 
Barrier one, listen, he's going to have to negotiate a bit of traffic, but he would have to negotiate a bit of traffic from any draw. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, I think would you, would you rather? I'll, I'll fire a few questions at you, Pete. Would you rather draw right. one or or fourteen? Uh, well, there's only twelve in it, so 12. would I rather draw one than twelve? Uh, probably one, but I would have rather been in seven or eight. You know, six or seven or eight, to be quite honest. Now, I think in a race that probably doesn't hold a lot of speed, I think you'll be a little bit surprised that he'll be a fair bit closer than most people expect from one alley. Um, so uh, they come out of that shoot there at Ranwick. Uh, you go back to his um, run in the in the, his first up run, not the Maccabi. What was it called, Rain Man? What was he? Memsey Stakes. The Memsey Stakes. He, he wasn't too far off them there at a pretty good gallop. So don't be surprised from one alley that he doesn't settle a fair bit closer than uh, than most people would expect, and that'll take a fair bit of the luck out of the equation. I think uh, for mine, Overpass is probably the horse to beat. I think his form lines are very, very good for this trip and, trip, uh, and track. I think he'll control the tempo. Think about it. It's the horse that will probably uh, be sitting at his girth or at his outside. It, one, will one of the three-year-olds shock in Cylinder and or Shinzo? Will they roll forward and put themselves into the race and, and maybe try and take advantage? You go into these big races thinking there's a distinct lack of tempo and then all of a sudden four or five of them think, well, we're going to be right there and they do end up running it quite genuine. So I think, listen, I can't fault my horses in great order. I expect him to go there and go very, very close to winning, but I do have unbelievable respect for all the opposition. What was your... First, when you found out he'd drawn one, tell us what your actual what what came out of your mouth or was in your head and didn't quite come out of your mouth. Nah, a big spit of toothpaste because it was at three o'clock this morning, and I was brushing my teeth uh, in my ensuite, and I yelled out to Sarah, who I had seen roll over in bed, "What did we draw, Dale?" Because I went to sleep before the barrier draw, and she said, "Probably the one you didn't want, number one." So I spat the toothpaste out into the sink after I'd finished brushing my teeth. So uh, that's what came out of my mouth. I did wonder if you'd stayed up for the laser show mood. So good to see that you just you, you stuck to your routine and you, you tucked yourself into bed nice and early as you as you like to do. Yeah, no, I was I was off ski before eight o'clock rain man because I knew it's a bit like when I have a late night run up on a Friday evening at Mooney Valley at the in the nine fifteen or nine forty five race. I know me sitting up watching it won't change the result. And I'll know when I pick up my mobile phone the next morning the result will still be the same. It's just that I haven't lived through it. Good to hear your dental hygiene's up to scratch too there, Pete. Um, I want to ask just about, you, you talk about the perfect preparation and the horse is great. And, um, just tell us a little bit about that preparation because it is unusual. You've gone 1,400 back to the 1,200, big long gap between runs. Um, even first up, I remember your, your comments publicly were that the horse isn't, you know, he's, he's not wound up. It's obviously a long way from his grand final day and he was still a little hairy goat in the mounting yard. What's happened since that run and, and, and what have you seen and how has he, how's he blossomed and bloomed to your eye? Well, this is basically another first up run, probably, Anthony. Uh, he had a 1,400-metre hit out six weeks ago. He's had a freshen up and he's been geared up again to go first up at 1,200 metres. And uh, like I said to you openly, uh, I think this is probably an easier option than trying to have him ready to win a 1,000-metre race first up, as was running him in the Memsey. Uh, listen, I got it wrong in the Memsey. I went in... I went in a half length short, didn't I? Uh, he, he loomed to beat Mr. Brightside and Princess Grace that day and peaked on his run 50 metres out after looking the winner. And we've seen that form be pretty much franked. Uh, so I got it wrong that day. I, I'm hoping I have it back to 1,200 on Saturday. 
Um, so, yes, Rain Man, sorry, you got your finger in the air there. Well, I'm just happy for you to finish that. But I, I just, my question is now, if, if I wish I win, does win the Everest, as we all hope he does, where would it rank uh, in terms of uh, your training achievements? Obviously, you've trained the best horse ever. You've won a Caulfield Cup. You've won at Royal Ascot. But where would winning a, a race like the Everest sort of stack up uh, in, in, in terms of your career? Well, I, I don't know, really. I, I, that's probably for other people to judge. Uh, it it, it well, certainly doesn't one. have the... Yeah, well, I hope you're right, and I hope you do. It certainly doesn't have the doesn't have the presence or the pressure of taking black caviar to the races for any one of say our last fifteen wins. Uh, to, to be honest, so I, I'm not feeling that sort of pressure at all. Now, is that me as a more mature person that's been down that road before? I don't know, and I haven't had an Everest runner full stop. So uh, listen, I'm not sure. Uh, monetary wise, obviously, it'll be our biggest result, but. Um, yeah, listen. I, I, it's I know it's stupid and blase to suggest that it's just another race because it's not. But uh, yeah, in, in fact of training achievements, I, listen. I, I think I've probably had better achievements. You know, you we like to keep our listeners and give them you know an open book here on media and the mic. You just refer to yourself as mature, so I'd prefer you didn't lie to listeners. <laughs> I said more, but I think I said more mature. Well, it was a low I bar. I, it's a low bar. Not, not fully mature. No, nah, that's it. Not fully mature. I reckon I need a few more springs on me back and a bit more grass in my belly before I'm fully mature. Experience the best 24 hours of racing action and entertainment at the legendary Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. It's spring after dark on Ladbrokes Cox Plate Eve with a night of fun under lights headlined by the Ladbrokes Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Plus, ARIA award-winning DJ Will Sparks will keep the party going after the races. Then Saturday, it's a massive day of Group 1 racing headlined by Australia's best race, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Friday 27th and Saturday 28th of October. Tickets from just $30. Book now at coxplate.com.au. Best bets time, and if you were on the bandwagon last week, you are counting your cash. You were swimming in a pool of money, Jimmy Cassidy style, after the A3 Melbourne Cup, because um, all our best bets got up. Now, listener Ben, uh, not Ben Appleby, who we referred to earlier, but uh, I had a listener text me, $5 he put on uh, of Moods Life Lessons, My Stretton Angel, Rain Man's Pierosa last week, and then turned that into more than 600 and that was when he took fixed dollars, which turned out unders. Now, Mytho's Best had already won on Thursday. If he had included that, it wouldn't have been much more because uh, that paid $1.26 after deductions. But well done to Ben, uh, and well done to us. Uh, so we'll get away from that little uh, little circle jerk, and uh, Rain Man, give us your best for this week. Let's try and keep it up. <laughs> I'm in the Caulfield Guineas for my best bet this week. Caulfield, a race nine, number one at Militarise. I uh, was with him in the Golden Rose where he showed that uh, electric turn of foot to get the job done. I think he'll only be better over 1,600 metres. I think of the three-year-old crop, uh, he is clearly the best of them, and I think he'll only uh, improve on what he did in the Golden Rose. So I think he can win the Caulfield Guineas on Saturday at $2.90. And hopefully we see him uh, progress to the Labrokes Cox Plate and add another element of interest to that race as uh, a leading three-year-old chance always does. Or in a word or potentially two, give us a tip for Might and Power as well because that was the other one we missed. Alligator blood. So two words. We just said it like a... Well, I won't say. Uh, okay, my best is race three, number eight at Caulfield, and that is Carini in the Herbert Tower. Uh, been very good in the two Australian starts, in, uh, in his two Australian starts. Uh, including last start win, getting out to a much more desirable trip here at 2,400. Scratch last week, and I presume it was because 
Uh, this race set up just perfectly. I'm going to take that as a lead, and I'm going to go with the promising gelding, Karini, race three, number eight at Caulfield. Uh, Rosemont best for the weekend. Um, look, we're hoping to win the Reginald, Anil, the Reginald Allen quality. It's a name you don't sort of hear too many kids christen these days. Reginald, is it? Um, should be more of it, though. Uh, it's um, listed race 1400, race three at Ramwick. And we've got Aditi engaged in the race. Now, there's been a bit of a push-me-pull-you. Um, our team at Rosemont, not sure that uh, an exceeding excel uh, mare or filly, three-year-old filly out of a Lonro mare will get further than the 1,200. But Gay is adamant that she'll eat up the 1,400 and uh, she can win the regional Allen quality. So um, in Gay, we trust. Uh, at $8.50, you can fill your boots there. We've got to beat Arctic Glamour, who does look well-suited. But uh, if she gets the 1,400, Aditi is our best over the weekend, hoping the pounding can win the Turak. Uh, with another homebred Rosemont. We won it with uh, Mr. Quickie uh, Moons. You picked him, bought him, uh, we bred him, and we can do it all again with pounding, hopefully in the same colours. Hope so. You interjecting, Rog? No, I was just going to say, you've got a very strong hand at corporate, or it looks to be a pretty strong hand at corporate on Saturday as well. And I'd imagine you're going to be at Randwick and Catherine will be at corporate. And, uh, well, you both could be hopefully collecting plenty of trophies. Yeah, well, Caulfield's been a terrific uh, hunting ground for the stable over the years and uh, a handful of runners there. Uh, quick run down them. Race one, horse five, Red Sun Sensation. I thought he was good first up. I think he'll take, take significant improvement into this run and I expect him to be an excellent each-way chance in the first. Skip over to race two, the very uh, nice filly here, the horse 10, Time of My Life, Winx's little sister. Now, she's also engaged Friday night at Mooney Valley. I'm yet to decide... Uh, uh, apologies, Friday night at Cram, and I'm just yet to decide 100%. We've just got to have a closer look at both races. So uh, she's a nice filly, and uh, wherever I elect to run her, I would suggest she will be very hard to beat. Then we run across to the Northwood Plume. She dances, race four, number seven. She's ready to bounce back, this girl. She blew the cobwebs out first up. I think she'll lead and control this race, and I think she'll be very hard to beat. Probably nearly uh, each way odds there, two double each way odds, she dances. $11 to win, $3.10 to place. I really like her as well. Yeah, don't leave her out. Uh, she's out, back to a favourite trip, 1,200. She just finds them a little bit sharp and out of a comfort zone. So she could be the value runner from the stable on uh, Saturday. She dances race four, number seven. And then uh, we go to one of our old favourites and a favourite of the show, Chain of Lightning. She resumes in the Scalacci Stakes. And what a good race it is, Uncommon James. And Asphora, ingratiating my favourite uh, word to say, uh, and the likes there. Chain of Lightning, if you go back to a first up run in the autumn, should have nearly beaten horses of this quality uh, in a similar type race first up. And I expect her to run a hell of a race fresh. And uh, I think she'll be back at Caulfield in about six weeks' time for the old uh, Show Day Cup or whatever it's called, which is now the Sir Rupert Clark uh, The Sir Rupert Clark. Uh, so uh, this is the first of probably two leading runs for the Rupert Clark for her. Mitha just being a gig there on the side screen. And then uh, then where do we go? We go uh, across to race eight, uh, the very much in-form Nunthorpe. I think she's probably my best for the weekend. Race eight, horse eight. She's in good form. She's racing extremely well. I think she'll race on or about the pace. Damien Oliver takes the ride with Jamie Carr up in Sydney this weekend. Uh, what odds Nunthorpe in the eighth, Rain Man? 
$4.80 currently available with Labrokes. Yeah, well, I think she's probably our, our lock of the weekend from the camp. Uh, she's trained on beautifully, this mare, and we'll really appreciate getting out to the mile. And I think she gets the opportunity to control the tempo uh, uh, from honour about the speed, where her main dangers, Foxy Frieda and a couple of others, are probably going to be uh, sitting off her a little bit. Uh, I've given you my thoughts in the Turak. I reckon pounding uh, and the inevitable with the two unlucky runners out of the Epsom. Uh, one had uh, locked away inside, one locked away outside. I do respect Amelia's duel. She's the one to beat. But I thought you could couple them up uh, with Amelia's duel and maybe pinstriped uh, for a first four in the Epsom, in the Turak. Uh, I struggle to pick a winner at times, and there we go. I'm trying to tell you to back a first four. But <laughs> the best horse I'm taking to the races this weekend at Randwick, I wish I win. I think... Uh, He'll be very hard to beat. You always need luck, but I reckon luck will be with us. And uh, God give him strength. Trumby Nolan, the richest turf race in the world. I wish I win. Let him run fast. Labrokens.